Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Primetime Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today we are joined by two special guests as David Johnson of uh, Rebels 247 is joining us, as well as Josh Lemoyne. But let's hop into that interview with David Johnson as uh, David is a beat writer for the Ole Miss Rebels. He's going to take us into this matchup from the Ole Miss side. We'd like to welcome our guest today as David Johnson uh, is joining us. He covers the Ole Miss Rebels for 247 Sports. Y'all can find him on Twitter at Rebels247. David, how are you doing this morning? Doing great, Charles. How are you? Doing good. David, I, I've been asking uh, reporters uh, and media members throughout the season when we do these previews, when you saw LSU's offense this year, just what were your thoughts? And, and you know, going into the season, it was the same old story as the offense will be different. And, and look, we didn't believe it. I, I know a lot of other people didn't believe it either. But now that you've seen it, you've seen it against defenses like Auburn, saw it in that Alabama game. What are your thoughts on this offense? Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of kind of surprised i mean just historically looking at lsu football you know you expect a a an offense that is that is going to use a power ground game against you but uh when you have a talent like joe burrow i mean you utilize that and uh am i surprised that lsu is throwing it around as much as they are absolutely i I think uh anyone would be but again that goes back to joe burrow who uh i think uh is a strong contender for the Heisman Trophy this year, and um, and deservingly so. So uh, surprised, uh, I would say I am. Um, and uh, that's not to uh, to say LSU can't run the football because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is probably the most underrated running back in the SEC. I love to watch that kid carry the ball. Uh, man, just the way he, he, he jump cuts and uh, he's elusive and he can run with power. He's fast. Uh, LSU has no weakness on the offensive side of the football, as Ole Miss defense coordinator Mike McIntyre pointed out earlier this week. I mean, usually you can find a spot in film study where where you might can can mitigate the damage uh, that an offense is going to do to you. I don't think Ole Miss can find that spot this week, and they've admitted that. Well, looking at uh, the rankings that came out last night, just have to ask your opinion. Look, if we're looking at a, a SEC championship of a Georgia LSU and Alabama kind of sits waiting back there at five right now, if you're on this playoff committee, do you look at a conference champion being more important uh, than like a one loss Alabama team? Well, you know, if the way, if, if everything plays out and, uh, you know, let's just say, um, Georgia were to beat LSU in the in the title game, I think Georgia would deserve to go in before Alabama. Uh, I think the problem with Alabama and the reason you didn't see them in the top four last night uh, is the fact that their probably most impressive win this year is over Texas A&M. And, um, you know, you look ahead to Alabama's schedule, and they have Mississippi State, they have Western Carolina. Auburn is really their their best chance to impress the committee. And uh, I don't know how impressive a win over Auburn would be. Um, you know, so right now, I mean, you know, of course, I think whoever wins the SEC championship game is going to be in. Will the SEC get two in? I don't know. Uh, 
you know, don't know because if LSU beats Georgia, that's Georgia, you know, if things stand the way they are now, that would be Georgia's second loss. I don't think they'd go. And I'm not sure Alabama's going to have enough quality victories to uh, to make a case. Their strongest case would be a four-point loss to LSU, in my opinion. Well, let's talk about this game. Looking at Ole Miss's offense, their rushing game has been incredible this season, averaging 247 yards per game. Uh, talk about how they use Plumley in the running game and also a guy like Scotty Phillips. Yeah, well, first of all, we'll start with Scotty Phillips. He's still very questionable as to whether or not he'll play Saturday night in that game. He suffered an ankle injury against uh, Auburn and uh, has not practiced, did not practice yesterday. Uh, they may try to get him out on the field today just to see what he can do, but he's very questionable. Um, as far as John Rice Plumley goes, I mean, he is a special talent. There is no doubt about that. He's ran for almost 800 yards. And, and the thing about that is got to remember, Plumley did not play in the first three games and only played two drives in the fourth game of the year. So he's basically done that damage, ran for almost 800 yards in six games. He's got big play capability. He's a scrambler back there in the pocket. Not the, uh, not the best passer yet. Uh, again, he's only a true freshman. I think that part of his game is going to come along as we see him get more and more reps and more and more experience under his belt. But he is a very smart kid, and he's very elusive. Uh, he gets to the edge very, very quickly, and somehow or another, once he gets to that edge, if he beats you to that edge, he's got a sixth gear, and he can take off, and he can outrun your secondary and your linebackers, and he's done it quite often. I, I think that sometimes people look at a John Rice Plumley. And when I say people, I'm talking about the linebackers and the, and the safeties and the corners trying to tackle him out there. And uh, they miscalculate exactly how fast he is. And, uh, and he outruns people. And uh, he's, uh, he's exciting to watch. He's taken this job away from Matt Corral, who, uh, who in all honesty, was coordinated the, the quarterback in waiting last year. And uh, – Ole Miss even took him to SEC Media Days in Hoover back over the summer. Uh, and, um, you know, John Rice Plumley is the starting quarterback at Ole Miss. There really is no quarterback controversy up here anymore. He started the last six games, and uh, he'll start Saturday against LSU. But when you're talking about Ole Miss's running game, um, certainly Plumley's in that conversation. But there are two other true freshmen in that backfield, Jerry Ely, who was a five-star recruit, and then Snoop Connor, who's uh, from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, down Baton Rouge Way. And uh, both of those kids are, are explosive running backs. And, uh, you know, the, the, the future of Ole Miss football is going to be running the football. There's no doubt about it, and the future's already arrived. It feels kind of funny to say that about Ole Miss. For the past seven, eight years, they've been spread it out and chuck it all over the field kind of offense. That's not what LSU will see. Uh, come Saturday night in Oxford, Ole Miss is going to line it up and try to run the football. Yeah, kind of uh, incredible to see you know Rich Rod running an offense that is keyed in on running the ball so much, uh, especially in you know today's landscape. And you're talking about Ole Miss going forward with running the ball. Uh, I do want to ask something about Plumley though before I ask you this next question. It, look, you know we compare what Joe Brady has done and what the LSU's offense is to the Saints' offense. Do you see some comparison uh, in Plumley to a guy like um, uh, his name is going to slip my mind now, uh, Taysom Hill? Uh, 
maybe a little bit. I think Plumley is is a is a better runner and not quite the passer. Uh, again, that's where John Rice's shortcomings are are in the passing game. Not all of that is his fault. I mean, he had a great game throwing the football last week against New Mexico State. Went 11 for 17, but you had a couple of just flat-out drops factored in there uh, by his wide receivers. And, you know, when you talk about the Ole Miss passing game, uh, there's been a lot of criticism aimed towards Plumlee uh, and the inability for Ole Miss to get a lot of yards through the air. But in all honesty, probably the weakest part of the Ole Miss offense this year has been that wide receiving core. It's even amplified because, you know, last year you had A.J. Brown, who's with the Tennessee Titans, D.K. Metcalf with the Seattle Seahawks, Demarcus Lodge, who's with the Tampa Bay Bucks. All three of those NFL wide receivers were in this offense, and there's been a tremendous drop-off in talent with the Ole Miss wide receiver core. Uh, they struggle to get open. I certainly anticipate they're going to struggle to get open Saturday night against LSU and that very, very incredible secondary the Tigers have. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think Ole Miss's best bet hitting in is that they're going to line it up. They're going to try to big play you on the ground and, uh, you know, try to keep LSU as honest as they can with some, you know, some relatively sure type passes, some short stuff, I think, dink and dunk. If they can get that working and keep LSU from just overloading the box, maybe they have a chance to put some points on the board. Well, look, LSU has been one of the better teams in the SEC in terms of stopping the run. Do you think LSU will have some success against Ole Miss's front in terms of stopping the run in this game? Yeah, I think so. I think I think when you look at Ole Miss's offensive line and LSU's defensive line, LSU has the edge there. Pains me to say that because my my son is a starting center for Ole Miss, so I better I better not say that too loud. But uh, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I think LSU is going to have success. The thing of it is, though, is uh, Ole Miss is really good at getting chunk yardage. I mean, I think if you look look at the national stats, they're they're in the top five on big runs, uh, maybe 20 yards or more, and uh, they're going to have to do that against LSU. I don't see this, you know, being a, a 10 play, 80 yard drive uh, type of night for the Ole Miss offense. There, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's not going to go right. They're just going to have to capitalize on the big play when it's there, and. Um, you know, that's, I think that's their best hope going into this ball game. I certainly don't think they're going to be able to keep LSU honest in terms of, of putting an extra guy in that box against the run uh, because uh, well, the passing game is just not – I just don't see a tool to be able to do that. Well, let's talk about – let's flip sides of the ball, talk about Ole Miss's defense versus LSU offense. Uh, you talked about a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I want to talk about a guy like Joe Burrow first. LSU's averaging 379 yards through the air right now, and Ole Miss is averaging uh, – giving opponents 274 in the air. I, I mean, yeah. what, what, what can we say about this? I mean, I think it's obvious where LSU is going to attack Ole Miss. Uh, can Ole Miss try to stop or, or can they stop this passing attack down at all? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I think Ole Miss's chances of mitigating LSU's aerial attack is going to be on their defensive line, whether or not uh, the Ole Miss defensive front can can get pressure on Burrow to maybe throw some things off, hurry him up a little bit. You know, LSU's offensive line is a little bit banged up uh, coming into this game. A couple of guys not going to play. Ole Miss ranks second in the SEC in quarterback sacks with 27 on the year. And they're coming really from all across that defensive line and linebacker core. So they're going to come at LSU a lot of different ways. 
this is an Ole Miss defense that is extremely well coached. Mike McIntyre, the former head coach of Colorado, is the defensive coordinator. Uh, he's very cerebral in his approach, very good with his game plan, and his guys know how to execute his game plan. So, uh, you know, I do think the Ole Miss defense has a fighting chance to kind of uh, perhaps slow down uh, uh, Joe Burrow and company a little bit. But again, you know, when you look at it on paper, LSU ought to have a field day throwing the football. Uh, but I think Ole Miss's best chance, again, is with their defensive line being able to pressure uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, as far as uh, the secondary being able to shut LSU's receivers down, I, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think they've got to get Burrow uh, on the run back there and make him do some things that he, he just doesn't do, and that's make mistakes. I mean, the guy's throwing 33 touchdown passes to, I think, four interceptions on the season. That's an incredible ratio. He is a smart, smart quarterback, as I know all your listeners know. And uh, it's it's a mighty challenge for Ole Miss. It, it truly, truly is. But you know, I'll say this: uh, this is a young Ole Miss football team that's trying to turn a corner. They haven't done it yet. Uh, they're not necessarily winning in the SEC, but they're competing in the SEC. Uh, you, you take their Auburn game, for instance. I mean, it, that goes down to the final possession, ends on a John Rice Plumley interception deep in Auburn territory. Uh, that was a 2014 Ole Miss loss. Uh, in which they, they went toe-to-toe with Auburn the entire night. Uh, probably they should have beaten Texas A&M, if not for a fumble and a stupid score for A&M. That game probably would have, would have ended up in the Ole Miss win column. This is an Ole Miss team that, with a break or two along the way, would not be 4-6. and six. In fact, this is an Ole Miss team that you could argue could have a 9-1 record and they executed just a little bit better along the way. They're not bad. They're not as bad as that four and six record. And, you know, I know your longtime listeners, you know, the the old school fans understand there's an element of a rivalry, uh, at least in Ole Miss's mind when it comes to LSU, uh, from way back in the the good old days, so to speak. And this has been a series we've seen uh, lots of crazy things happen, from Billy Cannon's Halloween night run to – Les Miles spiking the ball with no time on the clock. And uh, this is, uh, you know, so so weird things happen when the Rebels and Tigers play. I think that's what Ole Miss fans are banking on this week. Uh, the vibe in Oxford, though, is that Ole Miss is going to go out there and play LSU a good ball game Saturday night. I'm not I, – I, I don't think there are too many people thinking the Rebels are going to upset LSU. But uh, I think they're good for a fight Saturday night. And I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Well, you talked about bringing pressure. Do you think McIntyre tries to pressure Burrow, who, man, uh, before the Alabama game, Burrow was about 80% completion rating whenever he was pressured, and in that Alabama game was really, really good against the pressure as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he has any choice other than try to uh, to pressure Joe Burrow. If, if if you don't come after Joe Burrow and you allow him to sit back there, he's going to pick the Ole Miss secondary apart. Uh, it's kind of a danged if you do, danged if you don't proposition, I think, for McIntyre. And, and you go with the one that, you know, you, you think you might have the best chance of having success at. But uh, with the Ole Miss secondary and the way it's played this year, I, I don't see any way in the world you can just set back and, and, and try to defend receivers um, all night long without any pressure on Burrow. I think you have to come after him. 
while Ole Miss and LSU get set to take on each other in Oxford at 6 p.m. this week. David, I want to go ahead and ask your prediction. How do you see this game going? Do you see this? Uh, do you see Ole Miss pulling the upset? Do you, and do you see this being a competitive game throughout the match? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. I, I think it's going to be a fight. I truly do. That's the one characteristic uh, I think that um, has played out through the, fir- through the first 10 games this year is that this Ole Miss football team is going to fight you. There's only been one game that they have been out of in the fourth quarter, and that was their 59-31 loss at Alabama. Uh, they still fought to the finish in that one. And um, I do. I, I think it's going to be a fight. The uh, stadium is going to be a sellout. Uh, it's a 6 o'clock kickoff, so that means all the Ole Miss fans and the LSU fans that make the trip are going to have all day to get fully lubricated out in the Grove, and uh, it is going to be one incredible atmosphere in Oxford, Mississippi. I think that, I think both teams will feed off that, and um, I, I would be surprised if, uh, if this is not a game going into the fourth quarter. Um, and that's not a knock on LSU. Look, LSU is a much better football team than Ole Miss. But uh, it, it's real easy. It would be real easy to count the Rebels out going off four and six, and they're struggling. They're two and four in the SEC. But anybody that's watched this season play out understands and realizes how close they were to beating Auburn, how close they were to beating Texas A&M, uh, how close they were to beating Missouri. Um, you know, it could go on and on. Again, the only game they were out of when the fourth quarter started was Alabama. And, um, you know, this is a, this is kind of a, a get your juices flowing game for Ole Miss always is. And, uh, you know, Ole Miss is still fighting for a chance to go to a bowl game, uh, at four and six. Um, you know, if they pulled off the upset and beat Mississippi state, they'd be in, but, uh, this is a team that, that it looks like is going to slide into the bowl picture based on their APR score. So, uh, you know, they're not going to have enough bowl teams to fill all the slots uh, as, as usual this year. And Ole Miss is positioned to, uh, to be able to take one of those spots at five and seven. So, so this is not a team that's packed it in. They're still playing. They plan on be, being playing in the month of December. And uh, I think, I think it's going to be a really competitive game. As far as who wins it, I mean, I, I do my prediction, my score predictions on Fridays. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 90% sure I'm going to end up picking LSU to win this game, of course. But uh, but I, I think it's going to be a fight. I, mean, I really do. I, I could be wrong, but if I am, it would be the first time this season they have a fall. Yeah, I agree. I think this game ends up being a close game, a lot closer than Vegas has it. David, I tell people when they're coming to Oxford, and I know a lot of LSU fans are traveling up this weekend to go to Mama Joe's, uh, give us another spot that people should go when they're in Oxford. Oh, man, you got to tell me. So you've hit up Mama Joe's, huh? I've hit up Mama Joe's many of occasions when I've been in Oxford. One of, one of my favorite places to eat all time. Did, did, you, uh, did you get the red Kool-Aid in Mama Joe's? It's one I of the not, only man. restaurants I've ever been you can get Kool-Aid to drink. That's, I that's got, pretty cool. I got Kool-Aid and also got the fried cornbread, and I, I still looked for cornbread as good as that fried cornbread. <laughs> I tell you what, it's a great place. That doesn't look like much from the outside, but it is there's some good food on the inside. Uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one if if you if the LSU fans are are, are going to get to town on Friday and you're going to be in Oxford on Friday night. There's a place that's not on the square. Is, is actually out on Highway 6, a little east of town, but it's called the Sizzler. And uh, 
it looks like a, a wood barn from the outside, but some of the best steak in all of Mississippi is served inside the Sizzler. And uh, you do yourself a favor if you if you go down there and eat. You walk in and you probably feel like you're you're in a time warp, uh, 1969, 1970 kind of decor, but uh, it is a it is a fabulous place. So that would be my recommendation this week. Try out the Sizzler. Uh, east of Oxford for any LSU fans coming to town a little early. Well, David, we appreciate you coming on. Y'all go follow David on Twitter at Rebels247. Hey, do you have anything coming out this week uh, for this game? Oh, every day, all day. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're talking about Ole Miss LSU every single day of the week. So uh, you can catch us on the uh, Ole Miss Spirit. That's omspirit.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Well, David, thanks again for giving us some of your time. Charles, thank you for having me on as always. Are you coming up this weekend? Uh, I am actually not coming up this weekend, but I know a ton of people going up this weekend. So uh, I think it should be a good party this weekend. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Okay, well, thank you for having me on again. Uh, Once again, want to thank David for coming on and giving us some of his time. Uh, Interesting thing, as I bring Josh in, make sure you all follow Josh on Twitter at LSUFBallTruth. Uh, Josh, David was talking about how he thinks this game is going to be close. And, and in some aspects, I kind of agree with him, especially with the thought of no Sadiq Charles and no Austin Deculus. Uh, Ole Miss, I think right now, is second in the SEC in terms of sacks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, when, when you take a look at this game, it's one, of those, it's one of those odd spots, especially coming off such an emotional win today, um, even as a – even uh, as a fan and as an analyst who covers this team, Charles, I don't know how you felt, but today was kind of like the first day where I had a, I felt like, okay, let me put my focus on Ole Miss and start breaking down some film today. But, I mean, it was emotional as a fan, as somebody, but I can only imagine as a player all the emotions that they went through. Uh, so that's, you know, it's going to be something where I do think it's going to affect um, LSU and their play. Uh, to a point, I, I think we might see a quarter where they kind of, you know, wake up. They don't come out there necessarily hitting on all cylinders. Uh, it's I think it's going to be one of them games where you possibly could see LSU st- start out sluggish. Yeah, I agree. Look, his point was that not that Ole Miss is going to win, but he thinks that Ole Miss is going to play a close game. That this is going to mm-hmm. be a close game. Look, Ole Miss, yes, they're a, a team that while they're two and four in the SEC. You know, you look at some of those losses against the SEC schools that really should have beaten Texas A&M, and they had a shot to beat Auburn, you know? So, so this Ole Miss team, I think, is a talented team. They're young. That's what David's point was, is, you know, they had to get over the sanctions. And then look, Ole Miss sitting right now at four and six. They, they're starting to get good recruiting classes. You look at the recruiting class of this year and what they have, and uh, it, just on offense, Josh, look, the receiver position, uh, after you lose three guys that go to the NFL and, and you know, are playing on NFL teams right, right now, it's hard to, to um, you know, take that position and, and build it up more. But you look at what a guy like uh, John Pl- uh, Plumley has done and, and Jerry and Ely. Uh, Ely, a five-star running back, you know, coming to Ole Miss. And, and Plumley, a freshman quarterback, those guys have this rushing attack. Uh, one of the better ones in the SEC right now. Yeah, no, look, um, just on the film study, and, you know, we're getting later in the season now, Charles, and I had the opportunity to watch a, a lot of Ole Miss football, and 
Um, when when they made the swap there, a quarter quarterback to Plumlee, I I really like what he brings to the table. I just felt like Ole Miss needed to bring a guy like that in that just kind of plays. You know, he he he's just it's almost like a Brett Favre. He kind of just lets it all kind of hang out there. And when he plays, he's exciting. And I think Ole Miss needs that right now. Like it, like uh, you had mentioned, he thinks he's going to play this game close. I just I see this team. If you watch them, they're trending in the right direction. When I watched them against Alabama, I, um, and watching John Air play quarterback, he was pretty impressive. I was I was like, wow, th- this kid is going to be good for Ole Miss. I think he's exactly what Ole Miss needs. Um, it's going to take a couple years, like you said. They're extremely young, but this will be a good test for LSU. LSU has a the number two ranked run defense in the SEC, so I'm really excited to see how those two strengths lock up. Um, it, it it should be interesting. When you watch the film on on Plumlee, Charles, um, and I got watched the film today, and you know I've watched a lot of other film. Man, he's as far as a running back goes in the SEC. I wouldn't argue with me if you told me he's a top five and and at running back. I know he plays quarterback, but he is athletic and he can run the football. Yeah, and, and you know, point David was bringing up is that he's fast. You know, Very fast. that linebackers yeah. and even defensive backs aren't able to get a good line on him uh, when they're trying to make a tackle, and that's how he gets a lot of his yardage. You know, you look at what he's done so far this year, and just on the ground, is that 115 carries, 777 mm-hmm. yards. He's averaging almost six yards per carry. He's got seven touchdowns and a long of 75. Yeah, I mean. If he can get his completion percentage up, and, uh, you know, what David was telling us, Josh, was that a lot of that is just the lack of talent of that receiver position and, you know, really them getting open. Uh, They really just have one guy in Elijah Moore. Other than that, Ole Miss lacks receivers. Um, Look, this offense, there's a reason why they're putting up almost 300 yards on the ground. You know, they're very successful at running the ball. And I think they're going to have to use deception against this LSU defense. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely are. You know, looking at it today, watching their film, uh, Charles, and just kind of breaking down, uh, you know, not going against, you know, with the first guess had to say. But if I will say this about Plumlee, that if LSU can step up their run defense and if they can make them kind of one, one-dimensional uh, like they did against Mississippi State last year with Nick Fitzgerald, I think it could be a long day for Ole Miss, and that's just being honest. Um, I think they, they will have some success, but he struggles at throwing the football, and it, it has to do with their wide receivers. Like you said, they're young. He's still young. He's still learning you know, how, how to run this offense. So it's a combination of a couple things. If LSU can really crack down, Charles, and stop the run, which I think they should have you know, pretty good success doing, it's, it's a strength of this defense, I think the game could get out of hand. I think it's going to be closer. I think Ole Miss plays it pretty pretty tight in this game. But on that other aspect, if LSU doesn't have a letdown, Charles, and they come out with, you know, the Coach O energy, they look past Alabama and they, they're moving forward, um, I do think LSU can make this, a, a, you know, a high score. Yeah, you, you look at where Ole Miss struggles and, you know, defensively it's stopping the run. Yes, they mm-hmm. have a lot of sacks. LSU is the best passing offense in the SEC. You know, probably the country with the Heisman front runner right now, a guy that's pretty much won the Heisman uh, as far as, you know, most people are concerned. Look, I, I think that you, you look at what this game brings and it's obvious, you know, what LSU should have success in. And that's throwing the ball. That tackle position makes me nervous, Josh, at the end of the day. But, you know, 
you kind of have to trust what jo- uh, what Joe's able to do when they put the ball in his hands, what this offense is able to do to combat a pass rush. Because, look, you played the Auburn uh, defense, you played Florida, you played Alabama, and, and all three had different aspects. You know, good defensive lines, uh, a team like Alabama who had good edge defenders, and that's something you're going to see against Ole Miss. You're going to see got, uh, a team that's going to send their outside linebackers on blitzes. And I asked David, I said, look, you know, Joe's around 80% when under pressure. Now, he was even better against Alabama if you look at the stats. Uh, and are you going to end up continuing to pressure him? And he said, you have to. And I agree with that. You know, if you can put Joe Burrow on the ground, that's what this team has to do. The question I didn't really get to ask him was, with Ole Miss, in terms of their defense when it comes to rushing, is there allowing 122 per game, Right. LSU is, you know, we've seen what they've been able to do with Clyde, who's really been LSU's sole rushing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. weapon so far this season, especially as we've come down the stretch. And, and, you know, LSU right now is averaging 159 yards. I, I think if they try to stop the pass, LSU is going to be able to run the ball with ease this game. Yeah, look, you talked about the sanctions and some of the troubles that Ole Miss went to. It affected recruiting, Charles. Um, they're, they're working their way back. I really like what Ole Miss is doing. I mean, some people, when I said this, uh, I don't know, Charles, eight weeks ago, they were like, Josh, you're crazy. But you got to look at it from a different aspect. I really like what Ole Miss is. They're going to bounce back, and I think they're going to be a good program. And, you know, next year, they'll get better. Two years from now, I think Ole Miss is going to be very competitive. They got some the right guys in the right positions. Where they are lacking, though, like you said, on the defense, they just – they got hit with the sanctions. They got hit with some issues. Some guys left. Transfer portal. You name it. They went through it. Um, LSU should be able to run it down their throat if they need to. They just don't match up well on the line of scrimmage with LSU. Um, they're lacking some size there. You know, they're lacking some speed at the linebacker position. Uh, I think LSU, you know, when you look at it, we just talked about Joe and the quarterback. We ain't got to get into all that. LSU should be able to move the football. I think, Charles, this could be a game where you see a guy like Price, Ty Davis-Price, really, you know, have one of those big games where it's the coming out party for everybody to see. And, you know, that I think this is kind of one of those games that's setting up for him. Clyde's going to do his thing. But I think Ty has a great opportunity in this game to, to really make some noise. Yeah, do you think that we see, you know, guys like Chris Curry and maybe John Emery in this game as well? I know that was one of the questions that was sent in. Yeah, I, you know, that's, you know, when you talk about Emory, you know, I, um, we've heard numerous things, right? The ball security, you know, we, we've heard some floating rumors around. I, I, you know, I really can't even make a comment on, on Emory. I do think Chris Curry, I think he, he's a Ty Davis uh, price type running back. So I think he, he actually matches up well in this game, too, just because we're so much bigger on the interior line and we could really use that size and kind of run right at him. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all, uh, Charles, if, if we've seen, you know, 10, 12 carries from, from Chris Curry. And I think, honestly, you know, not, you know, there ain't nothing out there that I heard that I think he, he kind of earned it up to this point. He's stuck around. He's worked hard. I'd like to see him get, you know, 10, 12, maybe 15 carries. Yeah, look, I, I will as well. I, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those games where you, like, you want Clyde to continue to get carries and to continue his progress to success this season. But, but this has to be one of those games where you get guys like Ty Look, let's get Emory in there. Let's yep. get Chris Curry some carries because, look, with, with Chris Curry, the way that the running back you know, room is shaping up, and maybe he hears this and this motivates him in ways that it's motivated Clyde this year. You know, if, if LSU lands a guy like Zach Evans, which 
you know, a lot of people are predicting. You know, I, I think that we see him ending up at LSU. Chris Curry is going to be a guy that may end up transferring this offseason. This could be one of those opportunities for him to go out and put some good footage on tape, you know, get some carries and, and do something in this game. And, and not only them, I, I think it's an opportunity for some of these backup offensive linemen because it looks like Deculus probably won't play this week. I know he's 50 50. Um, but you have to think that LSU is not going to try to further an injury uh, on Deculus and Sadiq will be out per coach's decision. So you're going to have two new tackles in this game. So, yeah, no. uh, you know, up and down the offensive, uh, looking at the offense, I think that, you know, Joe's going to play a lot in this game because, you know, you kind of have to when you're going for a Heisman. But I, I think that this is one of those opportunities for everyone up and down uh, the offensive side of the ball to be able to uh, increase their reps, get some playing time, and, yep. and show what they can do. Yeah, no, this is this is exactly what this is. This is a good opportunity. Coach O wants to see that, too. You, you mentioned the tackles. One thing with that LSU has done well this year, because the offense, really, that's how the offense is, is works with the RPO. Um, Joe can get the ball out of his hands really quick. I'd imagine going into this week, they've looked at the film. They know that they, you know, they might not have their two starting tackles. You know, don't be surprised, Charles, if we see you know quite a bit of that that of the slant routes, the deep slants, the, you know, the post, don't, stuff that they, they can get out of their hands real quick. When you watch the Alabama game against Ole Miss, man, when Alabama starts to really you know hit that full groove in that game, Charles, I mean, they ate them alive with those quick slants, man. They were taking. Four and five yard passes that were taken for 50 and 60 yard gain. So, you know, LSU went and looked at that film. They just don't match up talent wise at that position right now. They're trending there. They're getting some good recruiting classes. But at the, at the moment, they just don't match up well. So I think to offset some of that tackle play, I expect that ball to come out of Joe's hands pretty quick. Yeah, you have to, especially if you're going to see a lot of blitzes. Um, right. I think let's let's flip the uh, sides of the ball. Let's talk about Ole Miss's rushing attack going against the defense. Josh, you see LSU's defensive line continuing to get healthy. Uh, how big of a game will this be for a guy like Tyler Shelvin to force the ball to the outside? Yeah, this is – I mean, we talk about Ole Miss and what they could do well. When you watch them, they can run the football. You know, like you said, with the quarterback, with their – you know, you said they have a five-star running back. This is, this is what they do well. So, you don't hear – too many guys on the defense hurt. Nobody's going to really be sitting out. So, to me, this is one of them games, like you said, Tyler Shelvin, Clevion Chason, Nakeva, Rashard Lawrence, a couple of these guys to put two and three games together on film. And some people might not like me saying this, but to put those games on film for the NFL. Like, now you're playing against, okay, we've seen them against Alabama. They got a good passing attack. Hey, let's put, let's put the Ole Miss film in. These guys run the ball all day. That's what they do. Let's see how they did it against that type of defense. I think this is an opportunity for those guys to put some good stuff on film and show how they can play a team that's really aggressive running the football from all different options, quarterback, running back, the option. They, they hit you with everything. So it's important for Tyler. I think it's important for numerous out guys that will be looking maybe going into NFL here shortly. Well, we, we talk about this Ole Miss rushing attack. Look, they're going to pass the ball, too, I think, to a degree, to make sure they keep LSU's defensive backs. Um, they they kind of keep them awake, you know, keep them in check, make sure they're not cheating too much. But look, yep. you look at in the past three games, Plumlee's averaged 17, 21, and 12 pass attempts. Yeah. They started all those games. So Ole Miss doesn't really, you know, throw to their receivers. Josh, if you're looking at this game, 
and you're a cornerback, how important is it for you to stay focused on every play? Yeah, you, you know, honestly, after the Alabama game, Charles, and maybe that's what you're hinting at, that um, LSU got a rude awakening on you know, pay attention to everything because, because in this game, you never know it. Not saying it's, it was Stingley's fault looking at the coach and all that, but I think we shouldn't see that for the rest of the year, right? I think Alabama caught a couple times from their experience. They caught some of these guys sleeping, uh, and they were able to score a couple touchdowns off of it. So, yeah, let's see if these guys can stay in the game you know, play at their high elite level. Um, and Charles, I expect some of these guys, I want to see Stingley, and we know kind of what Fulton can do, um, stopping the run, because it's going to be important to keep them guys, you know, like you said, from hitting it on the outside. So I'll be paying attention to that too. Yeah, stay in the game. Um, you know, and from what I've seen of Stingley, he tackles very well for a cornerback. Um, kind of know what Fulton has. We've seen a whole season and a half of him. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be important. I want to see these guys, after Alabama, a couple lackadaisical situations. Let's see how they bounce back against Ole Miss. Do you see LSU putting seven, eight, maybe even nine in the box for this game? Yeah, see, I haven't brought that up yet. But for me, you have Fulton, you have Stingley. I keep one safety over over the top, whoever that you want that to be. If that's Grant, so be it. But I got a feeling he's going to be around, around, around the line of scrimmage. Charles, if it's me – I almost look at this like a Lamar Jackson type situation when we played him at Louisville. You put eight in the box and you make you prove and have him try to throw the football on you. You know, I I got two lockdown cornerbacks. That's exactly what I would do. I would stack the box until he proves to me that he can beat me with the pass. That's kind of why I said, Charles, I think it could it could get ugly and be a long day if John can't throw the football at all. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Uh, you know, I think if LSU stacks the box, they can force uh, Ole Miss to pass. But, I mean, you look at what LSU did against Louisville, maybe they take some of that into account mm-hmm. here. And they have kind of a spy, you know, maybe a Patrick yep. Queen, uh, maybe a Jacob Phillips. Uh, you know, maybe this is one of those games where some of these other linebackers, maybe they stick an extra linebacker in for this game. Josh, I, I think that's a, a good possibility. Uh, you see a lot of, of a guy like maybe Marcel Brooks, someone who's very athletic who, you know, can track down a guy uh, like Plumlee or, or maybe an Andre Anthony or, or you know, you mm-hmm. saw what Ray Thornton did in that game. So you like your, your linebacker play. Look, with Divinity not in this team anymore, this is one of those games where you stick to your assignments and you have your linebackers get a lot of exposure in this game, especially those young ends that are taking the place of Divinity on this defense. No, you're right, Charles. You're 100% right. I think also keep an eye on – on Stevens, on Jacoby Stevens, we we have a blessing that we have him and and Grant playing safety, but at times, Charles, I know you've seen it that you could almost you almost play Jacoby as a linebacker, and he's so athletic and he's he's a big kid, so he's you know he's a small linebacker in in, in most aspects of the, of the game. So um, I would expect kind of him, like you said, have a guy that's athletic enough to track down a quarterback. So keep an eye on on Jacoby Stevens. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of use him as a spy as well. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, multiple places where yep. the LSU can do – or multiple spots LSU can do to defend this Ole Miss offense. Well, they have advantages in it. Look, I, I, I think that Ole Miss is going to have some success because, Josh, what Ole Miss is really good at is explosive plays, especially in the running game. And not saying that's where LSU is giving up most of their explosive plays. I think most of them are coming in the passing game. But LSU is very susceptible to the explosive play. I, I think Ole Miss has a few of them and has some success against LSU. No, I, like I said, I think I wouldn't be surprised one bit, Charles, if Ole Miss comes out 
and kind of makes this game at the end of the first quarter. We're looking at a 14-10 game. You know, when I just got a feeling that the emotional situation and Ole Miss, they can move the football. They did it against Alabama. You know, they made Alabama play the full game. They, you know, Alabama obviously pulled away. But, yeah, I could see Ole Miss hitting a few plays. That That's kind of, to me, I'm going to really take a look at Charles, and we could talk about this after the game on the next show. I want to see how LSU handles this game. To me, this really tells me a lot is if you're a, if you're a championship program. Do they come out after the big win and kind of like kind of sleepwalk through this, get out of there with a 10-point win, you know, or do they come out with that same energy? They look at it as Ole Miss and what they should do, what we all know, I'm not, you know, getting on Ole Miss, they should win this game by three or four touchdowns, you know. So I'll be keeping a close eye on that. And, you know, Coach O does that well. We talked about this. If there's any aspect of Coach O that I would say is his best is the fact that he gets these guys to play, gets them to play up to these type games when most people think there's going to be a letdown. Yeah, week in and week out, you know, uh, under less miles, you see LSU play yes. down competition. Uh, we haven't seen that from Coach O except for nope. that Troy game, and you haven't seen him turn back since. A big part of that, though, Josh, is a guy like Burrow. If there's one guy who's not going to take a week off, it's Absolutely. Joe Burrow. But the question is, is on defense. You got to look at where your leaders are. Michael Divinity was one of those senior leaders that was very outspoken, and I thought his leadership was big for the Alabama game, maybe even more so in this game. If you're looking at defense, where can LSU look for some leadership in terms of making sure the defense is prepared for this matchup? Yeah, I think what you, what you did start to see, Charles, in, in that Alabama game is kind of some of the younger guys becoming those leaders. I'm starting to see more Patrick Queen be vocal, right? More Patrick Queen. You, you, now you're starting to kind of – the camera's starting to catch him do a lot of those vocal movements, getting guys in the right spot. You, I know we talked a lot about Damone Clark, you know, when the season started, and, and he, he did have some nice spots. Well, we're starting to see Queen kind of take that job and that role. I like that. Um, Rashard Lawrence, this is it. This is his type of game. This is when a guy like – you know, Lawrence, it's been around the block forever. He's been up in the highs, the lows. It, it's This is his game for me to make a speech before the game and say, look, guys, if we want to go, go all the way, we got to take care of business. I think a guy like Lawrence, he needs to be the vocal leader, the leader of this defense this week. We can't sleepwalk through the first quarter and a half, you know, and then, oh, no, you know, man, we, we let Ole Miss hang around. So we don't want anything crazy to happen. Yeah, ideally, you would like this game to be, you know, over before the third quarter. You know, that's something that happened against Alabama, against Ole Miss. But like I said, coming into it, it was that Ole Miss has hung around in a lot of these games. You know, yep. they played well against Auburn and against a team like Texas A&M. And even in their other losses, it's been close games. I think that this is one of those games where, look, LSU is going to have to execute on defense. I do think the offense is going to have success. But you're starting your uh, fourth and fifth tackle in terms of depth chart this week, you know, uh, and, and maybe less so your fourth and fifth because Adrian McGee has been, you know, starting at guard uh, off and on with Ingram. But this is a game where Ingram is going to be able to play the whole game. Adrian McGee is going to be able to show what he could do with that tackle position. But I think it's going to be huge that R Rosenthal is not there. Uh, you know, we talk about the first and second string tackle and Deculus and Sadiq not being there. Yeah. But your third, your backup tackle is not there as well. So you have to go deeper in your depth chart. On a team that's not loaded with tackles, could be an issue. So I think that Ole Miss sticks around for a while. Um, but, you know, Josh, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if LSU pulls away early and, and maintains that lead throughout the game because I think LSU's defense is playing better. 
I think that they're continuing to improve. Yes, look, they gave up a lot of points and a lot of yardage to Alabama. But if you take away those two big chunk plays, you know, against Stingley and that 85-yard touchdown at the end of the game, you know, and then that punt return, you start taking away 21 points, and that Alabama-LSU score looks more how that game was actually played. Uh, LSU's got to be good at not giving up big, explosive plays. So they can do that, Josh. I see LSU winning this game handily, but how do you see this matchup going? Look, you said a lot of good things right there, uh, especially when when you want to look at how LSU um, – let the score kind of get closer than it, it should have been in Alabama. And that, that rolls right into my earlier thought was I really want to see how they play in this game. I just, I think LSU should, they should, as if, if you're a true national championship contender, you don't want to be Clemson there at the last minute trying to beat North Carolina. That's why I look at Clemson this year as they played some of those games. That's kind of, but LSU has been pretty dominant from, from the start from some week one. They've had a couple games where they looked, they had a slow start, but overall they've, they've done a good job. Um, you know, just from off of everything I've seen, my film study and stuff, I think Ole Miss is going to have a really hard time moving the football against this because I think LSU is going to stack the box. Like we said, um, I think Aranda is going to use kind of that Lamar Jackson mentality, make him throw the football on you. Um, and, you know, I have no reason to sit here and not believe that Joe's not going to shred these guys up like he's done. You know, we just played against Alabama. I see it more like a 45 to 17 game, Charles. I think that's kind of where, where I'm looking at. I think they have a little success, but I think LSU wakes up. They know it's on the line, Charles. They know that they have an opportunity to go to the college football playoff, maybe a national championship. And I think they, they go into Ole Miss. I think LSU is going to travel well. Um, when you see kind of Ole Miss fans haven't been really going to their games too much, read a couple things about that. So, uh yeah, I think LSU travels pretty well. They put a good amount of fans in there in the uh, stadium, and they go ahead and take care of business. Forty-five, seventeen. Yeah, look, don't get it wrong. I, I think that Ole Miss puts a lot of fans in the stadium, though, Josh. This is a rivalry. Maybe not so much for LSU, but it is a big rivalry. It is big for Ole Miss. You're right. This yep. is a big rivalry. Not only that, it's a recruiting battle as well. You know, LSU's been going into Mississippi and taking the top tier talent. With Luke having another top twenty like class this year. Uh, this is big for LSU to get in there and are big for Ole Miss to play a competitive game. Because, look, Josh, you said it earlier, you know, two years down the road, and David pointed this out too, you're talking about a seven-win Ole Miss team. You know, in three years, you're probably looking at an Ole Miss team that's at the top of the SEC West with LSU and uh, teams like Auburn and A&M. The SEC West, I think, is going to continue to get better. And I think Ole Miss is going to be one of those teams that, you know, maybe pushes A&M a little bit further down, the, you know, in terms of the depth chart, in terms of, the better teams. But yep. um, Josh, let's get into some of these questions. Uh, first question is asking about Emory and Miles Brennan getting snaps. We talked about Emory. Do you see Miles playing in this game? Yeah, I mean, he obviously has the opportunity. I think if LSU comes out and plays their game, um, it, honestly, it would be nice to see Miles, what, midway through the third quarter. Maybe Joe comes out and gets a, gets a, a couple series. Um, I, I'd imagine if I was putting a bet man, yeah, I think we see Miles probably some sometime in the, in the fourth quarter. Yep. Uh, Mo's asking about with all the offensive linemen we have out this week, is Ole Miss's D-line a big enough threat to cause some hiccups? Uh, You know, Josh, I think we kind of answered this. I think it's the blitzing that you'll see from um, Ole Miss in this game. I think they have a really good defensive coordinator, and and Ole Miss is very sound in terms of sticking to assignments and technique following plays. So 
I think that they have some issues. They have some hiccups, but I don't think it stops the offense. Yeah, I think it's just we, we talked about it already. How You know, they're just lacking a little bit of talent right now, position, some some of the depth, especially once you get past their ones, you watch it on film, they, they really kind of drop off. They had to go into the, the Juco ranks a little bit to get some guys there. So, you know, I think LSU handles that pretty pretty well. I know, it's a, you know, the tackle's not playing, but I think LSU – if needed, Charles, they could run it right at him if they had to. But I think LSU continues on their path, runs their offense like Coach O said. We're not changing anything up for any team. We're going to run our offense. And, you know, I, I just I just see the same thing happening against Ole Miss. They just don't have the talent on, on the front line. Like you said, imagine only the, the way that they're going to try to put some pressure on it. Imagine see a lot of blitzing is going to probably happen. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, another yeah. question kind of asking said that they watched some tape versus A&M. They saw some sloppy play. Uh, but you said, you know, they said that it seems that linebackers need to stay at home and not over pressure. They like to run to the outside a lot. I feel like, you know, they had success against Auburn in terms of moving the ball. Uh, so you know that they have success against teams with good defensive lines. So, yes, I think assignment is is important. They also asked, is Tyler Shelvin playing? Yeah, I mean, Charles, and unless you heard something I didn't, I, I know he's he's scheduled to play. Is, is that correct? Yeah, look, I haven't heard anything about yeah. him not practicing. O hasn't mentioned it at all. Uh, the only guy in defense that I think might not be playing would be a guy like Kerry Vincent, but he pack, uh, practiced today. Yeah, so I did see the, uh, the Kerry Vincent, but I was kind of surprised to hear that. As far as I knew, he was playing, and Tyler Shelvin was going to play. So, yeah, obviously, it's assignment football. You've seen with, uh, you know, the success they had against against uh, <clears throat> Auburn. but And, and really, Georgia Southern, too. Yeah. You know, Auburn likes to run to the outside, and LSU was able to stop that. Uh, you know, that, that was kind of the point in, in this Alabama preview pod was that Alabama runs between the tackles more than outside. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, they might have some success there. But, look, Najee Harris had some good runs against LSU early on before they made adjustments. So uh, I thought Tyler Shelvin was huge, and I think LSU needs Shelvin to play in this game. Yeah, no, he does. You know, make a good point. You know, I didn't even think about that, Charles, but Georgia Southern, LSU kind of – obviously Ole Miss don't run no triple option or uh, – you know, that attack, but they kind of have that same type of mindset as far as how much they run their quarterback and stuff. So, yeah, good point. LSU did a, a tremendous job against a good Georgia Southern team. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that's a great point. So we mentioned Kerry Vincent. I got to This is my personal question. Look, uh, that hit that cheap shot Alabama took on him. We've seen no repercussions at all. Uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, look, we've seen it, this happen to LSU where a guy, you know, yep. thinks the play is still going takes quote unquote a cheap shot feels bad it seemed like Alabama's guy didn't feel bad at all you know uh and we've seen no repercussion from him I don't know if LSU sent anything into the SEC but uh he did get uh, penalized for it so you know it'd have been nice to at least seen a review or something we didn't see that in the game and we haven't seen the league office say anything what were your thoughts on that play yeah you see I tweeted it out and it, it did get a lot of attention a lot of people you know because during the game I don't get me wrong I, I seen it during the game but I was so caught up into the game and what's going on we had a lot of family here everybody into the game and then when I got to watch it again and I watched the game over again and I slowed it down I mean that was that was purposefully done that play was over um I think it's just I think it's fair I mean I could I wouldn't be surprised if the SEC announces that he should sit at least a half. I mean, I'm not saying the kids should sit the whole game, but you don't want that play, that type of play anywhere. And he has, because look, people seen that Charles, right? People seen mm -hmm. that's a 15 yard penalty. I mean, what if that would have been a Joe Burrow? What if that would have been, you know, a Derek Stingley, you know, even though Kerry, you know, obviously Kerry's a starter for us that 
you know, that could affect the whole game. So, yeah, I'd like to see them crack down, come down with some type of punishment. So it just sets the tone for the rest of these guys in the league that if you do something dumb like that, you're going to get punished for it. Uh, next question is asking about their running attack. Is it really that good, or is it more the teams that they've played? Look, against a team like Auburn, they rushed for 167 yards. I mean, you look at this old Miss team against Alabama, and they put up 31 points. So mm-hmm. I, I think that the rushing attack is is legit, you know? No, it's 100% legit. You go watch the film, it's it's legit. With that being said, we've said it here a lot. I'm not going to, you know, keep pounding on Ole Miss. There's some spots where they're not quite as talented. They could get sloppy. You see penalties. You know, they're, they're a young team. So you're going to have some of those things. But they are absolutely legit at running the football. I think LSU is going to be fine. But we, like we said, assignment football, do what they have to do. They got the better athletes at this point. Uh, but no, don't don't take them lightly. If if you do, then Ole Miss is going to come out and run the football on you. Yeah, uh, some more questions. Kind of just running through these quickly. They said mm-hmm. that middle of the field was open for Kellen Mond. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be open all day. I, I look, I think all over the secondaries can be open for Joe Burrow in this receiving core. Uh, you saw what they did against Alabama, who has five star cornerbacks. Yeah, uh, Ole Miss does not have that. So. I think that LSU is going to have a field day if they if they can keep Joe upright. Another one saying, if we stop the running game, we will force them to throw the ball and we can control this game. Our secondary yeah. is too elite for them, and the Tigers will be ten and zero. Agree on this uh, on LSU being ten and zero. Just not sure if we fully will stop this running game, but we've kind of covered that as well. Yeah. Um, another question, kind of just asking about health. Uh, we went over that as well. Um, Another question about the O-line tackles. It seems like a lot of people are very concerned about that O-line, and we, we hit that over and over again. Yep. Um, but, Josh, uh, look, I think LSU improves to 10-0. and 0. Uh, My score is somewhat similar to yours, but I think LSU wins 38-17 to 17 in this game. Yep. Uh, I, th- I think it's a close game early on. I, I do think, see, uh, think you see some hiccups, uh, but overall I do think that LSU uh, pulls off the victory in Oxford. Uh, I think you do see some memory. I think you see some uh, Chris Curry, and I do think you see some Miles Burnham. Maybe some of these younger receivers, too, like a Derek Dillon. Uh, you know, let's see Stephon Sullivan. We haven't seen him in a while. It's been nice to see a sighting of him, and I think Thaddeus Moss continues the terror that he's been on. But for Josh Samoyne and uh, – sorry, did not mean to go to opening yet. Josh, where can people find you out on Twitter before we close out? Yeah, um, you guys check me out, Twitter, at uh, LSU F-Ball Truth. Um, also for the website, uh, LSUFBallTruth.com. I did start to put some things back up on the website. We kind of refreshed it, got a kind of a, a newer look. I got uh, started dropping in some of the shows from Alabama, some of the pods. So um, if you have an opportunity, check that out. And I'll be trying to add some things to the website every day now, um, especially the pods here with y'all, some of the other shows. I got the opportunity to jump on. A bunch of radio shows, a bunch of different pods. So uh, people ask me, where can I go? So I'm going to go ahead and put all that in one spot so people can go listen to the shows, you know, if they if they don't have the opportunity during the week. So, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Well, make sure you follow the Primetime Podcast on Twitter <clears throat> at primetime underscore pod. We have that Alabama recap. Uh, was a really fun one as Josh went pretty deep into that. But how can you mess up a pod like that, right, Josh? It didn't matter. We, we could have just sat there quiet and just said, go Tigers. <laughs> I think it, would, would, yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> but make sure you all check out uh, the pod this week. Check out the Alabama pod if you haven't. And we will be back next week to recap the Ole Miss game uh, with Josh Lemoyne 
as always. But for Josh Moyne and for David Johnson on Twitter at Rebs247, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy football in Oxford. And as always, God bless.